Welcome to The Long Play, Portland Monthly's podcast featuring candid conversations with the city's most interesting thinkers, makers, and characters. I'm style editor Eden Dawn, and I'm here today with Chauncey King. King has spent the last two years building her liquor empire. The CEO of Myru Vodka and a native Portlander, she is one of the rare women in the male-dominated industry. After two decades working in the corporate recruiting world and moonlighting as a bartender, she channeled her business and service experience into her pear-flavored vodka. She recently won the Portland Development Commission Startup Challenge, which included time with Wyden and Kennedy branding experts. On top of all that, she has a side hustle organizing events for women entrepreneurs, all with her eyes set on global domination. Hello, Chauncey. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me. So let's pop in and start talking about Myru. I love that you're wearing your shirt, first of all. Way to represent today. Yes. Uh, available now in 84% of Oregon liquor stores. Pear vodka, growing like crazy. Tell us what was the inspiration behind starting a vodka line? Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, I've always been a bartender by trade. And just looking at the sales, love being a mixologist, I said, you know, what would it take for me to have my own vodka line? Now, granted, I'm like, I don't know anything about starting a vodka company. I don't know how to make vodka. Like, how can I really do this? So I took about two years just to start researching, mm. Googling, meeting with distillers, talking to liquor store agents, and slowly but surely, I just start purchasing things. Like, I got bottles, and then I got um, my label created, and I thought about my color scheme, and 2014, I launched my Rue. So it just bit by bit grew and grew. Mm -hmm. So you'd been working as a bartender, so you'd been working with distributors from the other end, mm -hmm. seeing what people were coming in, and then obviously drinkers. Right, so I had the luxury. <laughs> so let me just back up a little bit. I've been in HR for over 16 years, but I kind of moonlighted as a bartender. So I was able to write work from both sides, the distributor side and then the customer side. So finding out what the customer wanted, what they needed, and then also what the distributors needed, like the business piece of it. So I'm like, okay, well, hmm, I hear women say, I like a flavored drink, but I don't necessarily like it syrupy or sweet. You know, mm -hmm. people think mm -hmm. it's because we're women, we want like a foo-foo sweet drink. Mm -hmm. So with the whole pear, I wanted to make it real refreshing, um, flavorful, but not sweet and not sugary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We want to cut the calories, right? Oh. We want to look good. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, we saw that the Bureau of Labor Stats say for last year, only 21% of liquor wholesalers were women, and then only 4% are African-American. Did you know about that gap when you started? I did. I absolutely did. And that's why I wanted to represent us as women as a whole. We were very underrepresented at that time. I mean, yeah. we still have a long ways to go. I'm the first woman in Oregon to have a vodka. Um, I am the first African-American female on the West Coast. And there's one more um, African-American female on the East Coast. Why so do you that's think huge. it is? <laughs> well, because it's a male-dominant industry. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes women can be intimidated by that. Mm -hmm. And I know my first year starting out going into bars and liquor stores when we have the typical burly, you know, white male, it's kind of intimidating where they don't right. take you seriously. It's like you don't have that respect factor. So we're seen as the bartenders or um, the cocktail waitress, not the 
you know, bottle maven, as I like to say, yeah. not the bottle owner. So I think it was, um, or I know that it was time to do something about it. And hopefully I can pave the way for other women to feel like they can get into the adult beverage industry. Right. Do you feel like it's changing at all in the amount of time you've been doing it? You know what? Yes. I've met um, women brewmasters, Mm -hmm. which that's like very unusual. I mean, there's a lot of women in wine, but um, very few in hardcore liquor Uh and um, brewing. So we are growing. Growing. (laughs) Love it. I love it. And even your relationships with people, I would assume, as time is going on, is changing oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it is, because now I can go in there and I know what I'm talking about. Right. You know? Now they see my room on the shelf. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember. Or they see the sales are going up, and it's like, okay, I'm gaining respect, you know, little by little, but I am gaining. I'm sure it's changed a lot from those first days, right? How do it, you it, get? It, how do you begin that relationship with getting your vodka into a store? You know, the first thing is developing a relationship with the liquor store agent. Um, If you go in and you can sell your product, Uh they're like, oh, we want them back. (laughs) Because you can get someone in and do a tasting. They may not sell anything. But if you can get a company in, they sell out, you know, their whole case, you're making them money, right? So they want to invite you back. Um, And then the relationship just kind of goes on from there. You know, you drop by, you bring them little swag, pins and T-shirts, and hey, how can I help you? Just kind of check in and just make sure that you're meeting their needs. Same with the bars. Um, We do little promo nights we have tent cards and what's your customer liking these days just mm-hmm. kind of developing that relationship and not always selling them something i'll just go into places and just have a cocktail or just enjoy their happy hour i'm not here to sell anything yeah. <laughs> i'm just here for happy hour and but by the way how are you and how's my rue doing relationships so. is everything mm-hmm. in every business right yeah i feel like if you have a relationship you can sell them anything that you have right I mean, it helps if it's the vodka's good too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about how you came up with the name Myro. Tell us about it. So, when I was in Mexico in 2009, I met a woman and her name was Maru. And she told me it meant something totally different. And I said, okay, well, when I have my first daughter, I'm going to name her Maru. Well, as I got to research the name Myru, it meant to see. And then it talked about an old serpent sea goddess that dominated male souls with a special drink concoction. So I figured, you know what? I love it so much. (laughs) Why not? This is a male dominant dominant industry. I'm here to stay. My Rue was just like the perfect fit. It's so great. Yeah. And so and to speak to that, I actually just um, went through a whole brand elevation with Wyden and Kennedy. Yeah. I have a new logo, new bottle design, and it's really um, intertwined with the meaning of My Rue. Because first it was more of an emotional thing. Oh, I'm a Leo. I'm going to have a lion. But now my brand goes with the name. So, Although as a fellow Leo... I really loved the yes. lion as well. This <laughs> first time I saw it, I was like, yes, Leo. Yeah, yes. But um, let's talk a little bit, because I have that on my list of things. You won the Portland Development Commission Startup Challenge, mm-hmm. and part of the perks were that was to work with Wyden and Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So how's that experience been? I mean, massive agency. Oh my gosh, I mean, Wyden Startup Kennedy. company, yeah, it's right? so exciting. 
it's you know the whole pdx startup challenge is just an awesome experience itself i mean i've met i feel like 2016 was a transitional period for me like Mm -hmm. i've really met a bunch of great people i think about business differently um i have the idea i see the end in the beginning but i needed to really will myself in on the details of it so now i'm more the behind the scenes business person but um i've met great people and with wyden and kennedy I said, you know, when they selected me to work on my my rebranding, I'm like, well, I'm not changing my color. I'm not changing the way my roux is written vertical. I'm not I'm not changing these things because I was attached. Right. And, you know, um, I had a conversation with one of my mentors and he said, well, you have to kind of step back from the emotional piece. You have to think about what the consumer wants. So yeah. go into this just with the open mind, open eyes and just see what they present on the table. And doing that, it's like, that's like the best decision I could have made. So the bottle design is just awesome. It's classy, luxurious. It's it's the bomb. So, and I'll be rolling that out um, hopefully in November. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I want to see that. The color scheme is different. The logo, it's, it's. Gorgeous. I think it's good advice, you know, being the style editor, it's something that comes up in the fashion world a lot. And I think Mm -hmm. that anybody in kind of a creative pursuit has that where you get emotionally attached to things Mm -hmm. and you you have to sort of divorce yourself from that emotion (laughs) and go, oh, wait, it's the customer is more than me. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. hopefully many, many, many people and how Mm -hmm. are they experiencing it? Not Mm -hmm. everyone is lucky enough to be Leo's. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have to think about that, um, the shelf presence. So you're sitting your bottle amongst 20 other bottles. So you want yours to stand out. And Wyatt and Kennedy, I mean, they have Pepsi, they have KFC. So I'm like, just little old me? Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, they might know what they're doing. Right. So will you keep working with them or that was the one, they helped you do the rebranding process and that's kind of, that project's ending? Um, That project is ending, but they are leaving me a little room if I have, you know, questions along the way. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that startup challenge that you were mm-hmm. a part of what what does that entail and who else did you kind of meet out of that because you said it was a really positive experience mm-hmm. so um it was five other startup companies we all share an office for one year which is um, oh. downtown at the pdc building yeah which is great that's great and so we all get to like vibe off of each other and just kind of like ask different you know questions or we're in a tough spot we just help one another and we participated in a lot of different startup events like startup week and I've done a lot of like tastings at mm-hmm. startup events, um, Project Increase, and I got to meet the president of the um, Oregon Distillery Guild, Ted Pappas. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, I don't really want to go to this event, you know, it's talking about beer, and I just, I really don't know if I want to go, and I went, and it was awesome, and I met him, and he gave, he's given me a lot of good advice, like, call me whenever you need to, oh, so. that's cool. Yeah, because when you're walking into this, you don't have a mentor. Right. So just to be able to reach out with someone who's been in the business for, you know, several year, years and they're doing well, I mean, that helps a lot. Um, That's I've, good advice for events. That's how I always feel. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then you go and it's amazing and you meet great people. Yeah. <laughs> That's I've everything. met people who do like printing, um, graphics, um just all sorts of walks of lives. I mean, it, Portland have so many creatives that I didn't know about because mm-hmm. I just kind of stick to you know whatever it is that I do, and um, we have a we have hidden talent here. 
Yeah. So just what, and I hooked up with OEN and we've done a lot of tastings with them and they have a whole network. Mm-hmm. So I've met great people, um, learned bookkeeping services. And then we got, we had some incline services with, with uh, Perkins. Okay. The, so we've gotten to, I'm stumbling now, but <laughs> with tax services. Um, yeah, Wyatt and Kennedy, Pitch Fest. So. It sounds amazing. It is. It it's is. been a running year for you then. Mm-hmm. I've been terribly busy, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because you say going into this business to not have a mentor mm-hmm. and particularly not access to a female mentor, since mm-hmm. there isn't them, that mm-hmm. you can potentially be that mm-hmm. for other women coming in, mm-hmm. I think must be really exciting. And that's my plan. Um, I want to open a distillery in the next two to four years to be the first woman on distillery role. And I want to do it a little differently where I have like um, some sort of... Um, like class for other women who are interested in the adult beverage world and they can come and you know learn the trade so i want to be kind of like a school um, as well as a distillery interesting Mm -hmm. that well let's segue in and then talk about the other side of your business that Mm -hmm. you do with your maven in business Mm -hmm. where you do speaking engagements and networking events Mm -hmm. just tell us a little bit about that part so what was happening is that i would get people that would ask me about you know different business ideas how do I get started where do I go Um, and I would just kind of just mentor people on the side not really knowing that's what I was doing Um, so what I said you know let me just start let me turn this into a business here so people can really reach out to me you know and get those services and I also have different um, events so just last Saturday actually I had a women in business um, brunch which is called heels to heels two because there was a part one um, back in February and we had speakers there talking about marketing and sales um, finances we had a woman Paula Hayes who was there talking about just longevity of business and how she you know was able to stay afloat you know the do's and don'ts um, and motivational words mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I try to do that once or twice a year and then just a personal mentoring okay so at that brunch do you invite other women business owners to meet each other, or this is an event that you're putting on to the public where people can come that are interested in starting their own businesses? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's for the public, and if you're interested in starting your own business, if you already are in business, or you just want to come and network and meet other women. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I do really love that on your website where it goes into it, it has a giant button that says stop serving, start slaying, yeah. which is <laughs> everything about your branding <laughs> makes me so happy, <laughs> which we didn't even talk about the fact that you have my favorite commercial, I think, of all time. Yes. Everyone should right now go and Google the Myru commercial. Yes. Uh, we had one. a great time making that commercial. Who who directed that? So his name is um, Ken Jones. Okay. Yes, and he did an awesome job. Um, it's just I, a bunch of badass ladies in a room. Yes. World domination. And it was my idea. I was just like, okay, I want a badass commercial. I want a bad commercial, <laughs> and you know, oh, <laughs> we can say badass. Okay, especially I want when a you are one commercial, <laughs> and I want to just show that we're in charge, and you know, we're at this round table and we're here to stay and we're kicking ass you know so he's like okay we could do that (laughs) and we were there just like a whole day filming and I mean when I won the startup challenge this guy was like 
I watched that commercial like five times. I love it. I don't even know what it is about it. I love so much, but it is. We, one time before our big staff, weekly staff meeting, when we were in a hard week, we put it up on the YouTube and we mm. channeled it as our inspiration for the day. What? <laughs> that was like our, that was like our be as strong as Chauncey. Yeah. Which is great. Wow. You're already, you're doing your mentorship. Yeah. You don't even know. The boundaries right. is reaching. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So let's get you started just making commercials on top of everything else. Right. The world needs them. <laughs> um, are you going to keep going with these brunches? Oh, yeah. 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 I think people, uh, it's, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, especially on Saturday's event, people really could, walked away with something. You know, they're like, oh, this is just so good. Now I can, like, put things in perspective. I can, you know, I realize I need to set goals and just kind of take this time for myself. So when I hear that feedback, I know, okay, I did what I came to do. Like, people yeah. really can say... I walked away with something. You know, they can apply it to their business strategies, to their lives. And just have a chance to meet some other like-minded people to bounce idea. I mean, the mm -hmm. same thing that you're saying with sharing your offices with these mm -hmm. other startups. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody when they're sort of in the same time has a lot to share. Yes, and it just motivates you a little more when you, like you said, you're around like-minded people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like having a workout buddy. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about Portland. You are a native Portlander. Yes. Right? Uh -huh. Grown up here. You left for a little bit, lived yeah. down in California. I left for a little bit and went well for 11 years. Um, I was living in the Bay Area, Oakland. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been back? I've been back for eight years now. A while to see some big change. I am yes. a native Oregonian as well, mm -hmm. and it's crazy to think what it was like growing up mm -hmm. versus what now. Mm -hmm. How have you, particularly looking at it through an entrepreneur's eyes, do you feel like what the changes are versus opportunities maybe a few years ago and now? Mm -hmm. um, looking at it from an entrepreneur's perspective, Portland is, um, it has a lot of potential. Um, it's a lot of wealth here. So if you can learn how to maneuver learn how to uh, manage the change, I feel like you can be really successful mm -hmm. um, just with the new developments, the new opportunities. Um, it's just a lot of resources here that I didn't know I can actually tap into. Mm -hmm. And since we are kind of slow compared to New York and California, I right. think there's always room for more futuristic ideas. So um, this is the entrepreneur city yeah. This is Portland is a startup capital, as they like to say. So I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, potential here. Did you have any businesses that you remember when you were growing up, like anything where you're like, I like how they're running it here or things that were just favorites that you feel like kind of influenced in any way? Which is such a weird question, but like when I was growing up, this is a weird segue. Mm -hmm. I loved Tom Peterson. <laughs> Which is so weird, and you have to have grown up here yes, to know who Tom, Tom Peterson is. But here's the thing I liked about him, that he did his own thing, and he mm -hmm. had his own look. And there's something I think about that now with fashion, mm -hmm. is it's like, this guy was just a crazy guy who had his own thing. He did his yeah. own look. He built his whole empire off of being like your own yeah. self you with know, a buzz cut. Who I would does have that? to say no, because I don't think at that time I was paying attention to being a business owner and being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But when I moved away, that's when my entrepreneur spirit 
you know, kicked in. So um, to back up a little bit, I opened up a clothing boutique. It was called Trendy Collections. It started out online, uh-huh. and then we opened up a space on MLK and Knot. So again, oh, okay. for me, it was Portland is cheap, it's developing, this is the prime time to lease a space if I wanted to do it. Right next it. to the Nike place. Right next to the Nike yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, in Bridges Cafe. Yeah. So I was Love right Bridges. there, prime location, affordable. I think my rent was like 500 bucks a month. Then. Oh my gosh, that does <laughs> not exist anymore. Add a right. zero onto that. Mm, right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm like, you know, they're developing this whole area. This is the perfect time to do so. And I did, and I I was there for about five years. So that was my reason for moving back to Oregon was Uh to run my boutique. So moving away and then looking back at Portland made me realize the opportunities that Portland have. Um, California being so expensive and then Portland being so cheap, I said, okay, you know, there's a a lot of room. There's a lot of room to um, be successful here. Yeah. And then now tapping into this whole creative side of Portland, I'm like, this is a win-win situation. If you if you know what you're doing and if you have the drive to want to be an entrepreneur. Well, that seems like the difficult part for a lot of people starting out is the finding the path at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, all of the access to creatives and people who are doing accounting services and graphic design services, mm-hmm. but do you have any tips for people on how to sort of access some of that stuff? Mm-hmm. I say network. I mean, go to networking events, mm-hmm. um, meetups, and research, because that first year for me was just kind of like, I'm just out here going door to door. Right. You know, it was really like a learning year for me. Um, so get connected with different um, business resource programs like Mercy Corps, MISO, PDC, and just network with people and find out what they have to offer. I mean, there's not a lot of financial resources here, but there are a lot of um, startup business resources here. So mm-hmm. I would just say start mingling and really seeing what's out there, knowing your competition, having a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, you're just kind of going along the way. Right, right, flailing a little bit. Mm-hmm. What about the bar culture here. What do you think about that? Is that supportive of what you're trying to do? Or do you feel like, because I do wonder sometimes, you know, we're such like a, in many ways seen as like the beer and kind of casual is doing a fancy flavored vodka Mm -hmm. out of the box. Is it something that people respond to well because people want that opportunity? Or do you feel like Mm -hmm. it fits here? I feel like it fits here as uh, far as the fancy cocktail, but being a household shelf name is a little tougher because what happens is the bigger guys, they give incentives to the bars to order and sell their product. Mm. And for the locals, we don't have that kind of money to give you a $5,000 kickback every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that end of it, it's pretty tough. But... Um, but you also have an advantage when you are a local company because a lot of people like to support local. Yeah. A lot of bars like to support local, but it's hard. It really is because if they don't know your name, they don't know your brand, it's like, why should I you know, take a chance on you? So that's why I always say, you know, let me come in and sell this product for you. Let me do a promo night. Let's see how your customers respond. If respond well, you order a couple of bottles. If not, it's okay. That's, a, that's ground troops though. I mean, mm-hmm. that has to be you out everywhere doing that and that's exactly what's happening yeah it's me it's just me I'm, I'm actually looking for a sales rep to support me but 
yeah, I'm out there just. We can go hire that guy in the, the pavement. jackhammer outside that's making all the noise. Get yeah, him up. To right? Give him a new job. Give him a new job. Uh, what about where do you drink? Like, what are your favorite bars? Where where can we find you sipping a Myru cocktail? You know, I like Soleil's um, over on 18th and Alberta. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Portland Seafood Grill. They have an awesome happy hour and they sell Myru. Or you can just find me at like a neighborhood bar at 715 sometimes. Sometimes I just want to be really casual, jeans and tennis shoes, and just, you know. <laughs> I'm always fascinated <laughs> where people in the industry drink. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you see a chef at another restaurant, mm-hmm. like, oh, they're here. Yeah. This is what they eat. Yeah. I'm real, I'm real low maintenance, local, low key. <laughs> there we go. But, you know, sometimes I want to get fancy. I'll go over to, you know, Portland City Grill. So. Oh man, that happy hour. Yeah, that happy hour is good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. What about, let's talk about what you want to do next. I know at one point we talked about potentially another spirit. So I have two new flavors um, that's going to be coming out over the holidays. Okay. That's the next big thing that I'm working on. Um, still looking for a distribution in Washington. I want to be the first female vodka on someone's, uh, in someone's profile. <laughs> so okay. I'm still Listen doing that. Listen up, Washingtonians. Yes, please. California, Nevada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so those are my two things. It's coming out with um, other flavors. And Can you tell us what they are? Is it top secret? It's top secret. Oh, will you tell me? I'll off. tell you offline. Yeah. <laughs> I love when I listen to podcasts and they say, I'll tell you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that you know securing a distributor and working on the distillery that's my next three goals that's so exciting mm-hmm. so two to four years would be your goal for mm-hmm. that distillery yes and then are you still in just kind of slow planning phase or do you are you feel like there's active work on it happening? slow planning yeah yeah I mean you can only do so much world domination in a mm-hmm. day right until mm-hmm. we work <laughs> on cloning <laughs> yeah 2018 will be my year Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about any more networking events? Is there any others coming up? Um, yes, actually. I'm going to have a Women in Spirits conference. And what that looked like, um, we will have other women who are interested in spirits or already have their own line. So whether it's beer, wine, brandy, cognac, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. they can come in for a day, try um the customers on their product and actually attend workshops as well. How exciting. Do you have a date for that nailed down or you're still? We're still working on it. We're looking for the spring. Okay. And that's going to serve the West Coast. So we're going Washington all the way to California. How exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going to be huge. Yeah, that's so fun. (laughs) I'm glad to see things taking off so well, though. Yes. Well, you'll have to come back and visit us when you are the mogul for the nation sure will and remember dear old portland monthly <laughs> had you on first i sure will i'll never forget this moment <laughs> all right well thanks so much chauncey thank you for having me 